You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. For many of us, our idea of archaeology comes from a certain set of movies starring a fedora-clad professor. He follows the clues, assembles the puzzle, and at the end, he's found whatever mystical MacGuffin had propelled him into action in the first place. And stopped the Nazis, of course. In reality, though, it's not as exciting. Sure, an archaeologist might follow a clue to the location of a lost city, or a set of dinosaur bones. But sometimes, all it takes is some heavy machinery, and a bit of dumb luck. It came from outer space. At least that's what people thought at first when they pulled it out of the ground in 1973. It's known as the Wedge of Ayud, and upon first glance, you might not see what all the fuss is about. It was found roughly 10 meters below the sand in Ayud, Romania, beside two enormous mastodon bones. The fossils and the wedge were sent for testing in Transylvania, where it was determined that the bones were over 10,000 years old. The wedge, however, proved a much greater mystery. Its existence dumbfounded the scientists. The object was light, lighter than any metal from that era should have been. Metal objects found that deep underground tend to be made of iron or some other heavy ore. This was nothing like that. In fact, it shouldn't have existed at all. Tests revealed that the wedge was composed of copper, silicon, zinc, bismuth, silver, and most importantly, aluminum. 90% aluminum, to be exact. There was just one problem. Metallic aluminum, the kind used in soda cans and cell phones, wouldn't be discovered until 1825, thousands of years after the wedge's supposed creation. No one outside of Romania knew about it mainly because of the restrictions on sharing information outside of communist Romania at the time. Additionally, it had been given to a historical museum in Transylvania where it resided in storage for over 20 years. And then, in 1995, a Romanian UFO magazine, yes, a Romanian UFO magazine, discovered it again. And that's when the biggest theory about the object came to light. The wedge had not been man-made at all, but by something out of this world. Watch any documentary show about ancient civilizations, and you're bound to hear one word over and over again. Aliens. After all, how else could humans have mapped the stars or developed irrigation without help from visitors from another planet? At least, that's the idea. I'm being facetious, of course, but Romanian ufologist Florine Georgita was not. She believed the wedge had been part of the landing gear on an alien spacecraft that had visited Earth during the Ice Age, hence its presence so far deep underground and its proximity to those mastodon fossils. Skeptics, however, have an alternate theory. 
See, aluminum does not spark the way steel does, so it's often used to make tools for dangerous jobs. For example, digging foundations for buildings near possible gas lines. And when the aluminum is coated in a substance called duralinum, it becomes incredibly strong. Unfortunately, duralinum has one negative side effect. It oxidizes very quickly. In the eyes of the skeptics, the wedge was never part of an alien spaceship. Rather, it was a tooth that had fallen off an excavator's shovel during a construction job. This would explain the wedge's place of discovery and its ancient appearance. But even the skeptics have skeptics. That oxidized exterior might not be as new as they thought. It has been determined to be around 400 years old, at least 200 years older than aluminum itself. Hard to explain without further testing, but none of it has been done as of yet. We still lack sufficient data on the wedge's origins. For every conspiracy theory that pops up, someone is ready with the rational explanation as to why the whole thing is just a hoax. We may never know where it came from, or why it was discovered beside a pair of mastodon bones. But maybe that's okay. It was a fun story to entertain, after all. And every now and then, we all need to find a way to wedge a little wonder into our lives. Don't we? Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Her name was Lacusta, and she was born in Gaul, an area known today as present-day France, 
during the Roman Empire in the first century. Her origins are a mystery. It was suspected she was a peasant, but one who had developed a green thumb of sorts. Not for crops, though. She didn't care much for growing roses, either. She went for something with a little more kick. Locusta discovered that if she mixed fungi, deadly nightshade, and other types of plants, and even blood, she could create something toxic, something poisonous. She started out by testing her various potions on animals she found, then adjusted the ratios for maximum potency. Her only problem was her location. There just wasn't a call for a professional poisoner out in the countryside, where people were more concerned with getting by than casting vengeance upon their enemies. So she took her services where she knew they'd be in demand, the city. Namely, Rome, chock full of intrigue and political backstabbing. Locusta fancied herself an entrepreneur and saw an opportunity to help the wealthiest Roman influencers take each other out without anyone knowing. Oftentimes, her assassinations looked like run-of-the-mill heart attacks. Enemies of Emperor Claudius fell to the ground clutching their chests or their throats as they foamed at the mouth, the muscles in their bodies tensing up to the point of snapping until all went black. Her talents went viral in a way, with her name being passed along through the underground networks of ill repute. If you needed someone killed without it looking like a murder, you called Locusta the Poisoner. Of course, once the bad guys knew about her, so did the authorities, and Locusta found herself arrested on murder charges more than once. It didn't matter, though, because the throne saw her as an asset, one royal decree from Claudius, and moments later she was back to toiling and troubling. Claudius's fourth wife, Julia Agrippina, took a liking to Locusta and employed her as her own personal poison consultant. Agrippina had a history of poisoning her husbands and inheriting their wealth, all with an eye on the throne. Not for herself, however, but for her son Lucius. She couldn't rule, but she could control a ruler from behind the scenes. Lucius' father had already died, but Agrippina's third husband, the Emperor Claudius, needed an heir after his son from a previous wife had been deemed unfit to lead. What better way to secure a new heir than adopting the one living under his own roof? And he did, having the boy change his name to Nero. But it didn't take long for Agrippina to grow restless. She didn't want to wait for her husband to die and her son to take over as emperor, so she paid a little visit to an old friend. Locusta mixed a poison to get rid of the emperor's bodyguard then paid the royal food taster to take the day off so she could enact her plan. A few death cat mushrooms in his stew were all it took for Claudius to go down. The emperor's doctor was summoned immediately. He performed the standard procedure to help a choking victim, by sticking a feather down Claudius's throat to trigger vomiting. Locusta had seen to that as well, though. Moments before, she had doused the feather in strychnine. Claudius died, and Nero took his place with his mother in his ear all the time. Agrippina had finally made it to the top, well, as close as she was going to get. Her personal poisoner, however, didn't fare so well. There was still one loose end to tie up, so Agrippina accused Lacusta of poisoning her husband and had her sentenced to death. It's okay, though, because Nero knew a good thing when he saw it and had the young woman released. You see, he had fallen out with his mother, who had become a bit too much of a burden on him, and the two had parted ways. Locusta didn't do too badly after that. She moved into a palace and started a school to teach other women the art of poisoning. 
She also developed new formulas and tested them out on thieves and slaves and other people she thought were deserving of death. But as we've learned, political turmoil exacts a heavy toll on everyone involved, and nobody gets out unscathed. Locusta's past eventually caught up with her after Nero's tragic suicide. His successor, Galba, had grown sick of all the poisoning and the woman behind it. He sentenced Locusta to death and had her dragged through the streets in chains before being publicly executed. A gruesome end for a gruesome person. Experts have called Locusta history's first serial killer, but that title isn't quite right. She didn't kill out of compulsion or passion or some sociopathic tendency. No, Locusta the Poisoner was something more. She was history's first hit woman. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.